you ring the bell so they know and we all know that you finished the race and they congratulate you. Uh, very cool. One thing that was a little unique about this race for me in Colorado as well was I had to do um, the most bathroom breaks I've ever done on a marathon. Um, this is running a marathon about 19 hours after running one before then. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. That's right. I'm Jason Dennis with Run the Race, and I'm now halfway through my goal of running a marathon, 26.2 mile race in all 50 states. I just knocked out states number 24 and 25. I ran my first one at age 40. I am almost 48, so it's taken me uh, seven years to do this so far. We'll see how long it takes me for the uh, the second half of the states. I've got most of the South done, so I hope you guys are doing great today. Maybe out enjoying some fresh air, uh, running or walking or biking or just um, something outside, hopefully, uh, wherever you are. Uh, the weather's uh, pretty uh, fall-like here in Georgia and Alabama, but out west, it was a dry heat when I was out there, not as humid, but uh, definitely felt cooler in the mornings for the marathons I had. Uh, so this was my first ever, what they call a marathon double or a double marathon, where I ran uh, two of those races in two days in two states. First time ever for me, so uh, I had a lot of fun. This was with a group called Mainly Marathons. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them in just a little bit. Uh, but this is going to be a shorter podcast episode. Uh, again, thank you for joining us for Run the Race. And I usually uh, talk to fascinating guests on here to talk about fitness and faith on an almost weekly basis. But this one's uh, more of a race recap. I try to do this with uh, the big uh, goal races I have and uh, let you know uh, what it was like there, the the city or the state and uh, the travel and uh, the running and training for it and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so you can get a taste of what I went through. And maybe you'll go out there and enjoy some of the races out there as well. Because, uh, you know, it's important to challenge yourself to try some new things. Uh, you got to prepare for them. got to train. And then to push yourself. And so that's what I did uh, in terms of the training for running two marathons in two days. I uh, took some advice from friends of mine who have done similar things or coaches, and they said, uh, you know, the main thing to do is increase your volume in training. You don't really need to, you know, try to do a 24 or 25 mile training run. Just stick with that good old fashioned 20 mile uh, long training run a few times. But I definitely increased my volume uh, in terms of the number of miles I ran overall. Uh, pretty consistent with about 45 to 55 miles per week. And averaged about almost eight miles a day for the last three months, August through October. And so uh, definitely hot for the uh, beginning part of that training. But uh, I think it, the training really helped me because um, I told a few family members and friends that on that third day after running two marathons, I felt like uh, maybe I could have run a, a third marathon. Uh, maybe uh, maybe a triple is in my future. So, uh, But those marathons were in New Mexico and Colorado. And um, this is my first time ever in the state of New Mexico. I think I maybe have traveled through there before, but never have actually been in New Mexico. Unfortunately, did not get a chance to make it to Santa Fe. I heard a lot of good things about that. Uh, but I flew to Albuquerque and, you know, with the, the traveling all over the U S trying to do all these marathons, 
Uh, like the last one I did where I traveled with my son to, to Salt Lake City, Utah, we did two flights there from Atlanta and then two flights back. And, you know, that's more time consuming, more chances for flights to be delayed or messed up. And so you're at the mercy of the airlines and the airport. So I decided this uh, was uh, I wanted to fly to Albuquerque, direct flight, three hours from Atlanta to uh, the one of the biggest cities in the southwest. And then it was about a three hour drive to my first location and then a four hour drive back when I flew uh, back home uh, this past uh, Tuesday, about a week ago. So uh, first time again in New Mexico, and uh, this first race was in Farmington, kind of a nothing town in North New Mexico, uh, kind of some seedy hotels. But uh, overall, it was nice. People, they were nice. And um, But, you know, the second race, the, the ambiance, the location was much better, much nicer, Durango, Colorado. So uh, the race in New Mexico was at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. And um, just letting you know about mainly marathons, what they do, uh, they, uh, do, they've done this for at least a decade, probably more. And I'm hoping to get the brothers, Daniel and Jesse Ruckert, uh, who run this uh, organization. I'm hoping to have them on the podcast sometime soon, maybe early next year, looking to the, forward to their next series in March and beyond. So maybe running more races with them next year. Uh, but what they do is they do about 70 races all over America uh, each year. And they do about 10 or 12 of these series where they'll do about six or seven uh, race uh, events uh, on six or seven consecutive days in six or seven different states. And these are all within about an hour to two and a half hour drive from each other. So it's easy to kind of get to these spots. And some people will do all six or seven half marathons or all six or seven marathons in a row, knocking out that many states. So uh, it's a good way to do it. You know, my wife wanted me to try to next time I headed out west or further away to try to do more than one state. So I was able to accomplish that this time. But a mainly marathons, uh, just a really fun group. Overall, there was about 100 to 130 people uh, at each of these races, um, you know, a handful doing the 5K or 10K, uh, probably about 50 doing the marathon, and then another um, maybe 40 or 50 doing the half marathon. And these are loop races. I'm going to tell you a little bit about more about that in a little bit as well. But we had a 7 a.m. Mountain Time start, which is a 9 a.m. Eastern Time, so not too early for me. I usually wake up about at least an hour and a half, probably two hours before a big marathon race and uh, so that I can uh, eat breakfast, pretty good-sized breakfast, have some coffee, and then let nature take its course. And you want to kind of stop drinking about an hour before the race, so you don't have to pee as much <laughs> during the race. Uh, the second race, uh, I had some issues with that. But this first one, uh, it worked out well. I think I only had to have one or two bathroom breaks during the whole uh, 26.2 miles. And uh, it was, uh, you know, w- once we got started, um, this was the same day as the New York City Marathon, which had 50,000 runners. Ours, we had about 50 marathon finishers. I think I finished about uh, eighth or ninth out of those 40 or 50 finishers. And it was uh, the loop was a little more than two miles. It's out and back. So you go about 1.1 miles out and then come back, and you do that 12 times. Each of those times, we had a couple small hills, about 30 feet of elevation each 
loop. So you're talking about maybe 400 feet of elevation total the whole race uh, there in Farmington, New Mexico. We had a bridge we went over literally 24 times uh, for the marathon. So, uh, But pretty nice scenery there in New Mexico and a great group of runners and walkers that I met and talked to along the way, folks from California, a couple from North Carolina, a lady from South Carolina, uh, a guy that I uh, hung out with from Boston. So people from all over. And you know, one of the coolest things about these uh, mainly marathons races that happen again all over the United States by these uh, two brothers from Minnesota um, is that uh, the, the amazing people, not just the runners and the walkers, people that uh, are, are, you know, kind of out there and, and they are religious about running marathons, half marathons or whatever, um, and trying to get 50 states or, or 500 marathons, something crazy like that. But um, also the volunteers, uh, they have this uh, long stretch of about three or four long tables uh, with a tent over them. And they've got just a great spread of, uh, of uh, pickles and chips and candy and, um, you know, Gatorade and water to fill up your own bottle as you come through every, you know, one to three miles of that loop, whatever it is for that race. And um, they do something fresh each day. And for that first marathon that I uh, did in New Mexico, uh, they had fresh French toast. It hit the spot. I, I, I Listen, I had some of that about uh, halfway through my marathon, but I did try, try to take it easy on the pace because I was running another marathon the next day in Colorado. Um, and so my finish time was about 4.55 or, or just uh, 4.57, just shy of five hours. Uh, so my pace was about, uh, I think that makes it about 11 and a half minute per mile. And uh, also I wore my team RWB shirt, red, white, and blue, the red shirt with the Eagle. And it's a way to show support for veterans, our military veterans. And we just had veterans day. So it's important to support them, you know, all throughout the year, uh, at that, this Southwest series or wherever you are to support them. Now, uh, I had a, uh, uh, a great time uh, meeting with a few other of the runners, and we had a nice Italian meal uh, at Mama Silvia's in Durango, Colorado. That's about an hour drive north of where we were in New Mexico, so pretty close. Had some time to kind of you know check into the new hotel and stuff. But one of the cool things I did in between marathons, this is again in Durango, Colorado, the southern part of that state, I uh, went to this place called the Durango um, Springs, Hot Springs uh, Spa and Resort, and uh, actually uh, got in um, this uh, you know, kind of cold and hot soak. And so uh, I actually cold soaked, cold soaked my legs in about 47 degrees water for about five minutes. It was just from the waist down, really cold. It felt pretty tough to be in there at first. And then I would hop right over next to it to the hot soak, 107 degrees, so the hottest hot tub they have there for about 10 minutes. And I went back and forth, five minutes cold, 10 minutes hot, did that about four or five times, was there for more than an hour and really helped with great quick recovery. So that's um, something I'm going to try to do on future, you know, uh, quick uh, turnaround for marathons or whatever else in the future. I uh, really was uh, very cool. It was, they call it purgatory at Durango Hot Springs Resort and Spa. The next morning I decided to get up even earlier they have a, an option at mainly marathons to start at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. They're an hour earlier if you feel like you're going to be a little longer, if you want to get done earlier for the turnaround to the next uh, race or whatever. So I did that early start. It was in the dark. 
and uh, we were about 5,500 feet above sea level there in Colorado. And this would be uh, what would be my 25th state running a marathon. And um, it was, uh, I think, out of the 25 states and marathons I've run, almost 30 marathons, I think this was my slowest. It was about five hours and uh, 30 minutes, give or take. And uh, but even though it was one of the slowest, it was the one of the ones I'm most proud of because, I mean, this is running a marathon about 19 hours after running one before then. And I just really kind of prayed a lot, thought about, you know, God pushing me along. Uh, The verse in uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I kind of stood on that and... um, it was, uh, I felt physically better than I expected. Maybe the hot springs, the cold and hot soaking helped me out. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it uh, mentally, it was a lot tougher. Uh, those final 12 to 13 miles, I mentally was just like spent. I was like, okay, I really need to push myself up these hills. The the hill on these uh, 10 out and backs, so on about a 2.6 mile loop back and forth, um, and another bridge we went over 20 times. Um, you know, we had to go up a hill. So it was about a 45 feet elevation gain each of those out and backs. And a uh, big shout out to Mainly Marathons, an awesome Southwest series. Uh, at the end of their races, they have a tradition or every loop you go and grab a rubber band. And uh, so you know how many loops you've done, and they know how many loops you've done. And then at the end, you ring the bell, so they know, and we all know that you finished the race, and they congratulate you. Uh, Very cool. One thing that was a little unique about this race for me in Colorado as well was I had to do um, the most bathroom breaks I've ever done on a marathon, about 10 of them. And I would just kind of pull into the woods and go to the bathroom, number one, the whole each time. Maybe because it was so cold, it was about 30 degrees and felt that way with the wind. So I kept my little hat on and my gloves on for the first almost half of the race. But uh, a lot of bathroom breaks, maybe because of the cold, maybe because I'm getting older now, but uh, maybe because I drank uh, some liquid, some hydration too close to the marathon. We'll see. But um Now I'm officially halfway through my 50 states journey. You heard me sing the song by Bon Jovi earlier in there, Uh, but it's uh, very cool. And, uh, you know, what's great about uh, trying to do a marathon in all 50 states is I get to see the country in a unique way. Um, You know, I've I've taken my family on vacations, taken my son with me for nice uh, bonding trips and uh, sometimes Maybe about uh, a quarter or more of these marathons I've gone by myself, uh, meeting friends and meeting new people and um, get to see uh, places I would never normally get to see maybe. And so, um, you know, I got to drive through New Mexico um, two separate days for about three or four hours and see the countryside and really desolate, nothing going on there for, for sometimes an hour at a time, not even a gas station. And, uh, but beautiful mountains and canyons and on uh, route 66 and, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. And, um, but I, I, uh, spent the last night and day in Albuquerque, which is, uh, the main city in New Mexico and uh, the tram that takes you up to the top of Albuquerque, you get the best view up there. It was actually closed on that Tuesday that I was going to kind of do some sightseeing. Uh, I woke up real early the day I was trying to sleep in before I flew back home. And because of that, I decided to go see uh, the sunrise and uh, drove about 15 minutes from the hotel and had a beautiful view of the sun rising in Albuquerque. Uh, really nice lighting there. And 
also, I did kind of a um, DIY, a do a do-it-yourself Breaking Bad tour. It's one of mine and my our wife's my wife's favorite shows ever on television, Breaking Bad, which ended several years ago after about. Um, 60-something episodes, and they film most or if not all of it in Albuquerque and set in New Mexico. They have uh, Los Polos Hermanos uh, is one of the main uh, chicken joints on that show. It's actually a real fast food burrito joint with a different name. Uh, we all also went to what was uh, seen as Walter White's house. He's the main guy, the science teacher turned into a, a, a meth dealer and, and maker. And uh, that was just a five-minute drive from Saul Goodman's office, uh, Better Call Saul. It's in a shopping center. In fact, coincidentally, there's a, a cannabis dispensary there now. And then the last spot I went on on my Breaking Bad tour was the laundromat that was really the meth super lab and where they shot a lot of the scenes. And uh, and they had the, uh, I went to Old Town, Albuquerque. They had a Breaking Bad store there. So uh, pretty cool. And um, so, uh, you know, all in all, I would give it thumbs up. Uh, in fact, uh, out of the 25 states marathons I've run so far, uh, the one in Durango, Colorado specifically, I, because of the significance of the second marathon and the second day, the beautiful scenery, the hot springs and uh, great food and fellowship, I'd probably, it'd probably fit right at 10th or 12th on my rankings of favorite marathons out of those uh, 25 I've done so far. And I uh, came back, um, you know, I'm recovered now, about a week later, feeling pretty good. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next, uh, next marathon, maybe a couple months from now in Louisiana. We'll see. Um, I'll uh, try to let you guys know as I make a decision, but uh, going to kind of keep on that path and try to do uh, four to five to six states next year. Uh, 26.2 miles. Looking forward to that. I do have a purple toenail. My big toe on my right foot is purple. Um, so uh, I might actually go to a podiatrist and see about getting that and a few other mangled toenails removed. That sounds pretty gross, right? Well, it is. Uh, it doesn't really hurt when I walk or run, but it is kind of tender. And, um, and I don't typically lose toenails very easily. There's just toenails growing on top of each other, which is not ideal. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens next. And uh, as I do on many of the Run the Race podcast episodes, this being uh, episode number 180, I've definitely taken a 180 uh, since uh, not running uh, as of about 12 years ago. Um, but uh, on this on this many episodes, I close in prayer as I'm doing now. Dear Lord, just thank you for this um, the opportunity to head out west and back and uh, safe travels. And uh, just the opportunity to glorify you every step, every mile of the way that I do these uh, races. And to, uh, Lord God, just the, the ability that you give us to have the body to be able to do that. And I uh, just thank you, Lord, and uh, that uh, we can, I can continue on this to uh, help uh, preach the good news. Uh, but also, uh, you know, be healthy uh, for myself and my family. And uh, that uh, just thank you, Lord God, just help keep me away from injuries and uh, thank you for the adventures and the ability to see this beautiful country. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, uh, next episode, I know I took kind of a week off because I was just recovering and traveling and doing all these marathons. But uh, hopefully next episode, I will have a guest for you. Um, I am hoping to talk very, very soon. So maybe you can see this, uh, hear this episode next week with a uh, um, uh, Alabama football legend, Jeremiah Castile. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Iron Bowl and talk about um, you know his walk with Christ 
and uh, just going around the country giving motivational messages. And so uh, he's got some a uh, lot to talk about when it comes to fitness and faith. Big Bama-Auburn game coming up on the football field. So um, we'll see as college football season uh, wraps up uh, pretty soon. Hard to believe. And Thanksgiving uh, coming up very soon as well. Hope you uh, and your family have some great plans and great food on tap. So uh, looking forward to, uh, to hearing from you guys about that as well. So until next time, God bless.